Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you live your life enthusiastically today and tomorrow and every other day. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of information regarding positive psychology, wellness, our own approach, goal-achieving psychotherapy, and of course, rejuvenating. As you may be well aware, if you've been listening to these podcasts, that we feature guests who tend to both lead their own lives enthusiastically and provide different ways in which we can build greater enthusiasm, greater health, greater positivity, and ultimately greater longevity into our lives. And today's guest is no exception. Dr. Karen Seaback is not only a friend of mine and former colleague, but she is also truly an expert in her field with a lot of great information that can help us in a new approach to dealing with health issues. Dr. Seaback is Director of Programs for Control M Health. She's a health psychologist with a specialization in behavioral management of chronic pain, headache, and sleep. She received her doctorate in clinical psychology from Loyola University, Maryland, and has completed her predoctoral internship with specialization in health psychology at the Washington, D.C. Veterans Affairs Medical Center. Karen has a deep interest in mind-body medicine and its applications for improving psychological health. To this extent, she uh, received additional certifications in integrative nutrition, health coaching, behavioral sleep medicine, and she is board certified in general biofeedback. She recently became director of programs at Control M Health where she is applying her expertise to support the company's mission to provide integrative health and wellness solutions for those living with headache and migraine. Karen, it's a real thrill to have you on Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Welcome to our podcast. We're really looking forward to this conversation. Ron, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on with you. And I've heard so much about your podcast. I've listened to your podcast many times, and it's an honor to be a guest. And I'm just thrilled that you're interested in this topic. Great. Well, the honor is ours. I know you're incapable of not providing lots of information that can help us. So we're looking forward to getting started. And the first thing is Control M. I mentioned it's a new company, so I don't think I have to plead too much ignorance to say not real sure all about it and what it does. I suspect I speak for a number of the listeners. So for starters, since you're the expert on this, can you tell us what Control M is? Absolutely. So Control M, as you said, we are a new company. We are a startup company. And we are solely dedicated to improving the quality of life of people living with headache and migraine in the digital space. So we are a digital company and 
we're trying to kind of bridge the gap between clinical care of this very undertreated, marginalized group and what they have to manage on a daily basis. And we do that using technology. So there's three aspects to the company. The first aspect is a database, an online database. It's called our Knowledge Portal, which exists on our website. And it's a free resource that anyone is interested in visiting. It's public domain, and it has hundreds of articles on the topic of living with headache and migraine, whether that be from the medication sphere of things, navigating your illness, working with a provider, how to manage on your own, the behavioral health lens of headache and migraine. We have professionally written articles written by uh, professional writers and medical providers, behavioral health providers, and they are all there for the taking. So our goal is to sort of build education and resources for anyone that's managing headache and migraine. The second arm of our company is a line of supplements that was developed because we are in partnership with the Jefferson Headache Center, as you know, where you are, Dr. Kaiser. And in that partnership, we have worked with Dr. Silverstein and Dr. Young, who are our co-medical directors that oversee Control M. And they have really had a very direct hand in helping us develop a supplement line that is solely for headache and migraine. And so one of the things that happened when the company was first starting and our CEO, Will Gadsden, was starting to understand migraine and this space a little bit better was that there's a real lack of quality supplements with the right dosages that are pure form for headache and migraine, and yet they can be very effective. So they were very helpful in helping us understand, okay, what would those dosages be? What's the highest quality standards? And we've worked with a company called Eurofins to develop our line of supplements specifically targeted to those therapeutic doses that are helpful for migraine. And the third aspect of our company, which is the area that I know the most about that I oversaw, was the development of our app. And this is a health and wellness app that is designed to educate and help people implement strategies from a more preventive self-management sphere to manage the pain and suffering that comes along with headache and migraine. Quite a summary, uh, which raises lots of questions in my mind. But before I get to some of the clinical-related ones, what is Control-M? Where did that name come from? It's a great question, and it's one we get quite a bit. Before my time, there was quite a few names that were thrown out, and Control-M was decided upon because since we are a company that is just dedicated to headache and migraine, the M does stand for migraine. And control is really this notion that if you ask anyone that manages migraine, if you ask them, can you control your migraine, they will blatantly say no. And they would be right. It it is very difficult to control your migraine. But the notion of Control-M really came about because when we started to look through 
the literature, through the data, and what really helps people with headache and migraine, it really is about focusing and being able to identify the things that are in your control. And, you know, when you get your next migraine, not in your control, but the things that you do from a prevention standpoint and behaviorally and proactively, those things are in your control. So really it's all about taking back control of the things that you can control and learning how to identify what those are. And since migraine is as unique as a fingerprint, you know, everyone's migraine is different. It's all about discovering what is within your sphere of control on an individualized, personalized basis. Okay, that answers the question I've had for, for quite a while <laughs> that good. I should have asked earlier, I guess, uh, knowing you. But I'm wondering, obviously, as you and I both know, migraine is a disorder that often requires medical care and treatment. How does the whole program dovetail with that? In other words, if I, as most people, have headaches, how do I know, hey, is this sufficient or is it designed to supplement me going to a physician? And what if my headache isn't that bad and so on? Because there's certainly a range in how severe migraine can impact on different people. So I guess I'm wondering how, how and where and at what points does it interface with, with medical care? Really, we are not coming in trying to disrupt the medical treatment of headache and migraine. If anything, we want to be a complement. And from my standpoint as a clinician, you know, I, I worked very closely with patients, seeing patients every day, alongside you working in the practice. And one of the limitations that I've always struggled with is that there's very few pain psychology providers in the nation and in the world, and that it's really not, you know, enough resources for people to be able to come and talk to one of us. The same is true of medical providers for migraine. You know, there's estimated to be nearly 40 million Americans with migraine, and that number goes to about 1 billion worldwide. But we think there's only about 600 headache specialists in the U.S., and they're largely in these major metropolitan areas, so people have to travel, and that takes time and resources, and it's stressful. So our goal is to really be a complement and to really supplement the provider encounter, whether that's your medical provider, whether that's your behavioral health provider, in between visits, what's all the stuff that you are supposed to be doing to help manage your migraine that doesn't necessarily rely on that conversation with your doctor. And one of the reasons Control M was born is because we recognize that and, and providers have said, you know, we have a huge faith in the preventive behavioral management of migraine. We know that lifestyle changes can really make or break a person's functioning with headache and migraine, but we don't have a centralized place where all of those things exist. And I definitely experienced that as a provider where I would make suggestions, you know, whether it be a meditation or a mindfulness, I might send them to one source. Or if I wanted someone to do relaxation training, I might send them to another. Often I was recording a session where we would do a mind-body exercise. So 
what we've tried to do is take those resources and put them in one place so that the burden is taken off of the patient to have to piece this all together. And therefore the provider can focus on the encounter, the patient in front of them, their questions, the treatment. So we're hoping to be able to alleviate some of that burden on both sides. So it sounds like we'll get a more educated type of patient than who can be a partner in his or her own medical care. That is one of the primary goals, you know, knowledge is empowerment. And I think so many people for so long are trying to figure out what to do and they're Googling and, you know, they're asking their friends and, and as we know, the burden on the system, unfortunately, doesn't allow for as much time as is often needed with your provider. And so we're hoping that through knowledge, there is empowerment, which helps build confidence, self-efficacy, as we call it in our world. And self-efficacy is something that has again and again and again been shown to predict outcomes or how successful somebody will be in managing their condition. So we're hoping to be a part of that. So if I'm a person who has headaches that are somewhat troublesome, they're not, you know, I'm not missing a lot of time from work or stuff like that, but maybe not having as much fun uh, because the headache will interfere or there may be sometimes I'll check out of, at least in pre-COVID times, doing something socially and so on. (laughs) Is there a progression to this? In, In other words... Is there a recommended thing? Should I make an appointment with my family doctor, with a headache specialist, or go to your website first, your app first? Is there a practical way in which I should be thinking? I mean, obviously, if I'm having, you know, a terrible headache and I'm puking and stuff like that, I want to get medical care. But if, again, like number of patients that you used to see and that I still see, you know, their lives are impacted, but not, not terribly. So again, is, is there a progression? And there absolutely is a progression. And, you know, we think there's about 28 million Americans who are managing migraine who don't know that they have migraine. They've never received a proper diagnosis or treatment plan. And those largely tend to be people who are in the more episodic sphere. So the people who maybe it's not impacting their functioning to such a severe degree, but that's still a lot of people who are really trying to piece this together on their own. So, you know, we certainly hope that for anyone that's Googling, you know, headache that keeps coming back, right? Or headache on one side that we show up for them. And we've written our articles on the knowledge portal with that in mind, with the idea that we might be that first stop for somebody that's really trying to find answers in one place. And we even have it in question form with on the website, common questions that people might ask if they are experiencing symptoms of chronic headache or migraine. And hopefully from that, I mean, anywhere from, you know, how to know if you have migraine to how to talk to your doctor or your primary care doctor, when is it time to see a specialist, we've tried to kind of put those pieces together and answer some of those common questions. So I'd like to think that it's a great place to start for that person that is really not necessary. It's more that episodic and they're just starting out on their journey of putting the pieces together. And largely what happens is 
those people are maybe if it gets to the point where they're thinking, hey, this is affecting, you know, I might miss at least a couple days of work a month or, you know, this is really starting to affect my family life. They're talking to their primary care doctor and that can go a couple of different directions. You know, when someone goes to medical school, the average doctor gets about three hours of headache medicine training in medical school. So that's about, we think the stat is around 80% of people with migraine are being misdiagnosed with sinusitis, right? So they may go to their primary care doctor and ask, hey, what is this? And they might get that sinusitis diagnosis and maybe they're going to continue to research, right? So again, hopefully we can be a resource for that. I do think that the app is intended for anyone at any stage of understanding their diagnosis, managing their migraine. We have a little bit of something for everyone, and that was by design. Because there's so many people at different phases, you have an expert who has been managing their migraine for decades, and they really just need something to keep them accountable, perhaps, right? They know their preventive routine. They know that mindfulness really helps them, but they really want a library of resources. We tried to gear the app towards that. But we also have the ability for someone to come in and know nothing about headache and migraine and gain a lot of education and help them build understanding and motivation for different strategies that they can do in addition to talking with their doctor and starting to map out a treatment plan that they can do in the meantime. So they're not necessarily just waiting on that encounter because these appointments, as we've learned, you know, they can take a long time to get an appointment or they might not get diagnosed properly that first time. Is there individual interaction on the app? If somebody has a specific question or concern, I understand they can read information about it, but is there something that they can get involved with on a, for want of a better term, kind of a coach basis? We have long thought through a coaching option, and that would be where people are meeting with a person, an actual coach, who's going to personalize a plan for them, more that one-on-one that you're speaking about. Actually, we've gotten some mixed feedback about whether that would be valuable or not to people. And so what we're basically doing at this point, we have what we call Elise. She's our virtual coach. And what Elise is designed to do, she's part of the app, and she's there to help people navigate the resources within the app a guide. The next level to that would be this individualized coaching, much more along the lines of what you and I would do with patients. That is something that we are waiting to hear from the user's feedback on and from providers. Is that something that could be useful and helpful? You know, would that complement the app versus, eh, that's not really something I'm that interested in. And I just like having this pocket guide that's there whenever I need it to be. We imagine it would be a mix. Some people are going to really want that coach, whereas others might not find it useful. But it's absolutely something that we are sitting with. And obviously, from my standpoint, being a provider, I get really excited about that idea because I see the power of the individual encounter and what that can do for somebody. So maybe you'll see that hopefully in version 2.0 coming soon. (laughs) In the meantime, while we're dealing with 1.0, Let me ask this question as a representative of my generation. I think for many of us who did not grow up with computers, 
I know for a lot of people, the, the question, is there an app for that, uh, <laughs> is for, for a lot of the younger generations, that's, that's how you, you solve problems and find answers and things of this nature. Even for myself, and I've often compared myself with when it comes to technology, is kind of like being, I think fourth grade is the highest grade in elementary school before you go to middle school. Since I have to use it fairly regularly, I think I am like a fourth grader, which makes me an expert <laughs> among some of my peers who are second graders when it comes to technology. <laughs> but I can imagine some of other older folks out there like me are listening to this. And the fact that it's an app is an immediate not turn off, but at least raises some some questions about how hard is it going to be to handle this. So can you tell the listeners how tech savvy you have to be, how user friendly it is? Are there issues that can be addressed if we're having a tough time with it? Because you may have great information, which isn't all that helpful if we can't access it. Exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. So we had people much smarter than me overseeing this. We partnered with a third-party technology solutions company named ArcWeb. And they are the geniuses behind the UX of all of this and how user-friendly it is. And what I found really impressive about them is that they really looked at this from like a human-centered design perspective. So they were really interested and they were constantly asking me questions about kind of draw out like that empathy piece. And they were able to translate that through the user experience. So a lot of thought went into trying to make this as user-friendly as possible. I would say you'd have to be able to navigate getting to the app store, downloading the app, and then you have to create an account which is fairly standard for pretty much, you know, most things. If you're banking online, for example, you would have to do the same things. So that's really the bare minimum. And then once you create that account, Elise, who is our virtual coach, she's there to really guide you step by step. And so we worked really hard to keep the language at at a universally understood level so that it doesn't put a lot of burden on the user. And from there, what we did is sort of take things in chunks Some people just from a technology user-friendly standpoint just want to be able to press a button, right? Hit play and learn what they need to know. So we have just that. So for every single, we call them our pillars, and we might get into this. There are these different pillars of health, and they really kind of help navigate people through what are these specific areas that are really important for you to understand to manage your migraine. And if you don't necessarily know how to navigate the different buttons, you just have to hit play and a little video is going to pop up and tell you all about why that pillar is helpful. And then what we did for someone that might say, hey, navigating through these different modules that we have, which are really designed to provide some structure and guiding people through a more structured program experience, if that's too much for somebody, we have a navigation bar at the bottom and they simply will push that button that says explore and it opens up the entire library according to category, whether it's meant to tackle your body, your mind, your life, and you can sort from there. And from then on, it's really just whether you're hitting play because it's a meditation or a mindfulness or a movement video or you want to learn a little bit more about how to pace your activities, 
And you would be excited to learn that many of these activities that are more based in reflection, like you or I might do, like helping someone pace their activities, there's printable PDFs for all of them. So if that's the way that somebody, if someone doesn't look at that screen because it's too small or that's very triggering for their migraine, as long as they can print it, there's the ability to then have it in front of you more like a worksheet style. So we try to walk people through in a user-friendly way, and it's there for the taking at any level. Great. So the big challenge, if, if you succeed the challenge of creating an account, then you probably can handle much of the, uh, the rest of it, or there are ways of handling it or getting help. That is our sincere hope. And I should add that we have about seven different channels right now by which people can reach out to us and get a real person and provide us with feedback. And we are really relying on that feedback from our users. It is so important to us. It is gold because that speaks volumes, right? Much like the patient voice speaks volumes to the provider. So we are hoping for that feedback and to say, hey, are our assumptions correct? That we think it's user-friendly. Is that accurate? Is that what we're hearing from our users? We're going to use that feedback, right? If we get that feedback that's saying, hey, that we don't find this very user-friendly, that means we got to do something about that. We're going to get that information about how to be in touch before we wrap up. Still have a few other questions, one of which you'd mentioned the things, the pillars. And I was wondering, I've, again, having my fourth grade ability in this regard, I have been able to scroll through the app and so on. I see a lot of the advice really dovetails with general health kind of practices. I mean, there are things that are very migraine specific and so on, but I'm wondering, it sounds like the pillars to some extent are not just migraine related, although they've been adapted to it. So can you tell us about the pillars? You know, wheels of health are not unique to Control M. There's many wheels of health out there. They're a cornerstone of health coaching. And what we did is take our conception of a wheel of health, which essentially is a visual that's meant to show you the different pieces of the pie that are going to go into the area of health that you're interested in. So what we did is we poured through the literature and said, hey, these are the most important areas of health for headache and migraine. And we represent them visually within our wheels. So it's one of the things you'll see when you go to the website, it's throughout the app on the homepage. And the wheel of health, as you picked up on, it's not necessarily, although there is very deliberate things in there unique to migraine, it also is just good practice. You know, it's things that we might say, you know, even if we were working with any health population and and I worked in chronic pain and in sleep, and I would absolutely recommend some of these preventive strategies as just an overall quality of life and physical health recommendation. What is unique to migraine is what we call core health. So core health is really, when you think about this, it's the foundation of what you would want to be doing if you were trying to manage headache and migraine. I very much attribute it to, I know, Dr. Kaiser, you have your pyramid, right, of building a proud brain. 
and Maslow had his hierarchy of needs. And the way I conceptualize this is core health is your foundation of what you would want to shore up. If you do nothing else for migraine, these are going to be the lowest hanging fruit where you're going to see the biggest bang for your buck. Poor health for migraine is sleep, nutrition, and hydration. So what we've done is we said, if you're making changes in those three areas, you're doing a great job in terms of managing your migraine, particularly sleep. Studies again and again replicate that if you can get your sleep in a consistent pattern where you're getting restful sleep, it turns the volume down dramatically on migraine. But we could say that about so many conditions, right? If you're sleeping well, your chronic pain is going to get better, right? Or your diabetes will probably improve. And certainly your anxiety is going to improve if you're sleeping better. So to your point, there's absolutely some just general preventive strategies here that are universal and also particularly unique to migraine. As we're moving through the needs and core health, I should mention, tags onto body We then move to the second area of managing body, which we call movement. And we deliberately don't call it exercise because exercise can be really intimidating and frustrating for anyone that experiences headache and migraine. Many people have tried exercise. They know it's helpful, but they also experience that it can exacerbate or it can precede a migraine attack. So we talk about movement in any way, shape, or form, whether that's stretching whether that's walking, whether that's, you know, simply learning particular self-treatment strategies from a more rehab perspective, like trigger point massage, all of that counts to help turn down the volume on migraine. As we continue through the wheel, we now move from body into mind, my particular area of interest. And the two areas there we identified are what we call self-awareness and connectedness. So self-awareness is really just being aware of your inner processes, your thoughts, your emotions, your physical experiences. And this is not unique to migraine. This is health psychology, right? You and I talk about this all the time with patients. And building self-awareness is so important for managing health. If you're in tune with your inner world, what you're thinking, what you're feeling physically and emotionally, you can identify where you need to intervene and the things that you'll need to let go because they're not in your control. And the strategies there are largely self-regulation strategies like relaxation, training, mindfulness, meditation, and emotion regulation. Connectedness, sometimes people are surprised to see that on a wheel of health. You probably aren't, Ron, but connectedness again and again shows up as a marker of health. We know that people who are lonely, and this is something you've talked about in some of your talks, people who are lonely and isolated are sicker, they die earlier. It's actually a morbidity and mortality factor, loneliness. And when it comes to migraine, migraine is a profoundly misunderstood condition, right? And even people who are well-intentioned, who are trying to understand perhaps caregivers or family members or friends, there's still really no way to truly understand what it's like because there's such a stigmatized idea out there that it's just a headache. People tend to push away or they tend to isolate or they tend to give up on their social relationships or maybe they're tired of disappointing themselves or others. So they just say no to plans. And over time, that leads to a lot more isolation and worse outcomes for migraine. 
But again, we can say connectedness is important for health, right? It's part of our survival. We are social creatures. So arguably important, not just for migraine, but living well and having a quality of life at any age. And then on our wheel, we move into our final area, which is life. And this is really those more higher order psychological needs. We might, you know, talk of it as self-actualization, but it's really meant to be an area of reflection. And those two areas are self-efficacy and growth. As I mentioned earlier, self-efficacy is your confidence in your ability to do that thing, whatever that thing may be, whether it's manage your migraine, run a mile, lose 20 pounds, or you know, become a kinder person. It's your confidence in your ability that you have the tools and the ability to go out and accomplish that goal. So self-efficacy gets pretty beaten down with all sorts of chronic conditions, and migraine is no exception to that. And so we've done a lot of work on helping people reflect in this area and begin to understand what it is, why it's important, and how to build it up so that you can feel empowered in your ability to manage migraine. And then growth, there is a lot of positive psychology in our growth section, and it's all about you know, your personal journey with finding what works for you, meeting that with self-compassion when it doesn't look the way you thought it was going to look, and really understanding that you're going to put your energy into the things that you can control, and you're going to meet it with self-compassion, understanding, and allowance when it's not in your control. So lots of good positive psych nuggets in there and real practical strategies You know, we're trying to take a really ethereal kind of topic and make it very applied in practical activities that people can do in these various areas. So I would argue, yeah, I mean, I do these things. I try to on a regular basis just for overall health. And I would argue that, yeah, it's stuff ideally we could all be doing to improve our quality of life, especially with headache and migraine. And headache is a quality of life disorder in most cases. So, I mean, that's, you know, really tremendous advice. And I think you not only can become a healthier person following these principles, but probably a better person to yourself and to those around you if you follow the principles. So, as usual, I find that we get to a point where I have to really be judicious about what I ask or (laughs) need another podcast for it, which I can't promise we won't have. Uh, But one area that we didn't really get to is you and your journey to get to this point. And I guess I would ask kind of as a culminating question, as someone in my shoes where, you know, for more than five decades worked directly with patients and can't really see myself operating in a different way, you've made kind of a transition where you're helping lots of people, but not face-to-face as much. Mm -hmm. So if you can tell us a little bit about who Karen Seaback is, how you got to this point, and let me ask it as a psychologist and as the final point is, are you happy doing what you're doing? <laughs> I love that question. 
Yeah. So uh, I will, so I will skip to the punchline. I am happy. I am happy for sure. But I will tell you, you know, stopping being a provider is, it's a real change. And it's definitely something that I sat with for a long time because as providers, you know, especially in psychology, there's a real passion there to help people. You know, I mean, it's the most said thing in doctoral interviews, right? People who are interviewing for doctoral school, the thing that they hear most in those interviews is I want to help people. And part of that is you get to work with patients and get invested in their lives and their progress and in a genuine way. And you get to see their milestones and there is no greater honor than that. It is truly an honor to witness people's lives with them. And it's a very important relationship. It takes a lot of courage, I think, for people to reach out to behavioral health providers in particular. It's a very vulnerable position to be standing in to entrust somebody so much that you're going to talk to them about your innermost life. So I really value, I have always valued that. I still do value that. And I consider it an honor. So walking away from that and, and who knows for how long, but that was a real choice I had to make. And what ultimately tipped the scale for me is that, you know, when I came into psychology, I, I actually thought for before psychology, I wanted to be a physician, but I was always most interested in the intangible in, you know, the inner workings of the things that you can't see in the mind and how they influence our lives. And I was always interested in health and medicine. So when I realized there was a field that could blend those two things called health psychology, it was a no brainer for me. And then chronic pain found me, you know, as I was doing my, my residency in health psychology and working with veterans, it was just opportunities that were there and were available. And I realized how much I loved it and appreciated it. Because there's, you know, you can be so acutely helpful to somebody who is managing pain. And it's a really empowering process for the person that you're watching and as the provider to see them make gains in managing something very powerful, such as chronic pain. So, but what I loved a lot in addition to the patient encounters is building a program, right? Building something that works, that people can sink their teeth into, that can be replicated because then you can reach a lot of people. And that's probably my biggest struggle as a provider is like that one-on-one encounter, which I so value, it has a ceiling in what you can do. So, you know, I do believe in call it the universe or whatever it is, you know, and opportunities present themselves, but it was an opportunity for me to use all my knowledge my experience as a provider, all those patients who I've worked with over the years and think through what would help them through this platform, right? Knowing it's not meant to, we're not going to, hopefully we're not going to disrupt that patient provider experience, right? But really it's there to help that process and support that process. And that I'm very passionate about. So I'm happy. I'm excited because it's an opportunity to see, hey, can we help people on a broader scale knowing, hey, you know, we don't pretend to be more than we are. It's a small cog in the wheel of what hopefully will move the movement forward of migraine health. But yes, it's an exciting journey. I'm happy to be on. I'm, my seatbelt is buckled. <laughs> I'm ready for where it takes me next. Well, we certainly want to wish you the 
the best of success. We know uh, you're working on an exciting project that hasn't been done before. I think that that has to be both intellectually challenging as well as feeding into, you know, your tremendous skills in helping others and your tremendous kind of heart in doing so. And, you know, I'm really glad that, once again, that, that you've honored us with your appearance on our show. I'm so grateful that you have. What I'd like to be able to do now is let people know how to get in contact with you or the program, both in terms of them being able to access various aspects of the program. And you said that you're interested in feedback so that, you know, how do people who either have or will access the program be in touch with you or whomever to provide that feedback? Yeah. So to take a little bit of the burden off of the individual who's trying to navigate it all, the easiest thing to do is to go to our website, which is control, C-T-R-L, M, like migraine, health.com. And if you scroll down to the very bottom of the webpage, there is a form that says contact us. And you can send us an email and we will filter to the right department depending on the question, whether it's a supplement question, whether it's a question about any of the articles or about the app itself. We will triage and make sure it gets to the right person so that your question is answered appropriately. And then for anyone that is using the app, there is a few channels by which you can provide, and it's all kind of outlined for you in the app. You can provide feedback on the product itself. There's a customer service channel, and I'm one of those people that is behind the window helping to fill those questions and answer them. So rest assured, if you can't find us, if you're not on the app, just come to our website and click on contact us and send us your message and we will get back to you within two business days. Great, great. Now, one final question that I thought of, I'm sure there is a charge for supplements, but what about other aspects of the program? Is there a charge for any or all of it? The Knowledge Portal, as I mentioned, is on our website. That's public domain. That's a free resource. Yes, all of our supplements, there is a fee and it's all listed on the website. You can find that under the supplements heading. And then for the app itself, if you download the app and you register a username and a password, there is a couple free resources on there that you can navigate right away before a subscription. So one of them is what we call our relief activity. And this was designed, it's a meditation exercise that I developed that if you're about to have an attack, if you start to feel those symptoms come on for a migraine attack or you're in the midst of one, you simply just hit the little lightning bolt in the app and you go right to the relief activity and you can do a breathing exercise. You don't have to look at the screen. I navigate you through it. So that's available to anyone that downloads the app and hopefully is useful. And then for people that want to take advantage of the other features of the app, it is a subscription if you pay monthly, it's $19.99. That's per month. And then for the year, it goes down to $12.50 a month. And there's different levels. And the more you engage with the app or for the longer period of time, the less it is. Okay. Well, knowing the quality of people associated with it, including you, Karen, I know that it's going to be well worth the expenditure if you are dealing with 
difficulty in controlling migraine and difficulty in controlling life in general, because mm-hmm. I think that migraine is a disorder of, of quality of life. And for many, many people, a lot of the information on there can be very helpful to you, regardless of how you're doing doing physically. And for most people, they've got some physical issues that this can relate to. So it's really been great, Karen. I've been looking forward to doing this interview. I am looking forward to posting the podcast. I know you are helping many, many people on a daily basis. Hopefully this will help you to help some more, at least all my listeners. And I'm, again, very grateful that you've chosen to to be part of the podcast. So this has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Our guest today has been Dr. Karen Seaback, and we've learned lots of things about headache, migraine, general health, and her new company, Control M Health. The contact information, again, will be on the show notes. We hope that if you enjoyed and learned from this podcast, just like with all the others, I hope that you will download, listen, tell your friends about it, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and listen in next time when we'll have another interesting guest who will help us all to live our lives in a more healthy and enthusiastic fashion. Uh, Again, for listeners, the website is thementalhealthgym.com, and if you haven't yet purchased your copy of Rejuvenating, The Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm, please visit Amazon and get it in one of the three formats, paperback, audiobook, or ebook. So until next time, this is Dr. Ron Kaiser signing off. Stay well, stay healthy, and keep learning and growing and being the best version of yourself. Take care now.